Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify Him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles. Yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah What's up? This is Guys with Bibles. I'm Scott. And I'm Lee. And we are going to be trying something new today. We're going to be going through what we call our five books that we are currently reading at this time. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So we'll see see what you guys think. See what y'all are reading right now, currently, where you're at in your Bible, you know, and, uh, Kind of just want to keep up with you and really dig in and find out what's going on with everybody and let you know what we're reading at currently and we're just going to go from there. Beautiful. All right. So, Lee, Big Master yeah. Lee, what <laughs> are what are a few lists? Let's just let's let's stick with about five books and uh, let's see what we are mm-hmm. currently delving into in our spare time or what we have to read for classes or whatnot or <laughs> you know yeah for me it's spare time and for you it's class <laughs> yeah yes yes it is but it all ends up being about the same thing so um <clears throat> let me tell you how about i tell you my five up front so okay. i'm okay so i'm continuing to read the apostles creed by Albert Moeller, um, which is okay. a really good, I'm trying to not rush through it. It's just a really good um, exposition and discussion of, of course, the Apostles' Creed, um, clause by clause. Uh, it's okay. been really interesting, really good. Um, and for anybody who either um, is not is not sold on the idea of the creeds or their usefulness or has specific questions about the Apostles' Creed itself is a really helpful book. Um, Moeller's a great writer. He's super crystal clear. He's like the opposite of uh, John Piper. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. See, I've never, yeah, he, I think uh, I've only read one of his books. <sighs> Oh, dude! Yeah, one Wait, of the first books, only, one of the first books I read. Sermons. Oh, okay. Well, really, his right, books are a lot like his sermons. Uh, the they? first book I read of his, I was early on in becoming a Calvinist, and it was called "Words from the Fire," and it was a similar book, but about the Ten Commandments. Okay. And it was like huh. I, I've kept it all these years. I never like gave it away or or sold it or anything because it's so. 
it was such a good explanation to me at an early time and really getting interested in theology about not only what the Ten Commandments are about and why they're important, but even just the way uh, that you break down each individual one, really good. So I've been a fan of his books even before I heard him preach. Um, And the Apostles' Creed is one of the best. Yeah, so good. Um, I read that years ago. Um, My next book is a book of sermons called Sermons of the Great Ejection. Uh, this is a one of the Puritan paperbacks, um, okay. and it's about. Um, and, I'm, and who's the, now who's I'm, the Puritan that wrote that? So it's a selection of sermons from seven different uh, pastors: uh, Edmund Calamy, Thomas Brooks, John Collins, Thomas Lye, Thomas Watson, John Oldfield, and John Whitlock. So oh, these John are Whitlock. sermons. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, he's a good one. Um, I haven't gotten to his sermon yet. I think his is last. Yeah, that was in yeah, book order. Thomas, Thomas Brooks and Thomas Watson, they're really good. You can't really go wrong with those guys. Thomas Watson, he doesn't pull no punches. He's like J.C. Ryle. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of the big Puritan names. Um, so these were all sermons that were given the, on the on the final Sunday before... Uh, the Anglican Church kicked out uh, a great number of pastors in what was called the Great Ejection of 1662 for their nonconformity. Um, and so these are these are pretty. Um, I, I they're prophetic, not in the sense of like they're giving new revelation, but they're really good. Uh, they're focused on the issue at that time, um, the issue of the church whether the church would go on and worship in, in spirit and truth. Um, really good. It, you know, Since we're all pondering uh, issues of the church these days, it's very good, really poignant, I think, even for right now, but really poignant for any time because the church is always on the edge of apostasy <laughs> if we're not careful. Um, and I just recently started um, James Dolezal's book, All That Is In God. And by just started, I mean that I'm on page five of it, and I just started it on this last Lord's Day. So um, it's all about um, recovering the doctrine of divine simplicity, meaning in the, the title comes from the aphorism, all that is in God is God. So basically that God is not made up of, of parts, um, that he is not passionate the way that we are, but that his, um, his attributes come from him they don't comprise him i don't know if that's the right way to put that or not but um hmm. so that's a it's interesting i'm i'm just very in the early very early pages of it um and then i'm uh like every basic christian right now i'm reading the book of revelation <laughs> and i'm also <laughs> checking out the uh the three forms of unity the belgic confession the heidelberg catechism and the canons of dort I haven't read the Heidelberg Catechism in a while, and I haven't read either of those other two documents. So those are my five books right now. Oh, and I am reading Revelation along with a commentary by Douglas Wilson called When the Man Comes Around. Oh, boy. So, yeah, so that's technically six books, but I'm sure you'll forget. Hey, that's what you're you're reading right now currently. So (laughs) those are pretty interesting titles. You know, thank you. Thank you. I am in 
a plethora of books, you know, so I'm going to try to keep mine at a minimum. Um, currently, um, right now, I am actually in like uh, neighboring religions around the Israelites during the Old Testament times, um, religions of the ancient world. Um, and right now, we are reading a book by uh, Sarah Isles Johnston. And it kind of goes through and gives like uh, different neighboring religions around the Israelites, um, kind of like the epics of Gil Gilgamesh, the Mesopotamian religions, um, the Arab Arab religions in Arabia, uh, Persia, you know, Egypt, and different mythologies that surrounded um, the Jews and the Israelites at that time, current time period, um, back in the BC era. So. Um, Going through those, we're going through the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is a very interesting book. Um, you know, during this, um, we're we're looking at wisdom literature. You know, the Proverbs and the Psalms, and how you can see how they uh, they they refer to different neighboring religions throughout, like their writings, and like in Job, um, we've we've actually looked at different neighboring gods that they have referred to like Mott and Baal and um the deity of El and uh so it's it's been very interesting. I think me and you we talked a little bit about this before we started this. And uh mm -hmm. very very interesting, very intriguing class, very very knowledge worthy and um I think it's very foundational for a, a pastor to get into and understand. Um so I think that's sure. very, very important. And um, an, another book that I've been um, reading through on different different times, uh, it was it's called the Early Church Historians: um, the Work of Eusebius and Socrates and Averroes, um, different Polycarp and stuff like that. So you have different guys in here, different philosophers. Um, just been reading through there you get go through like um origins works and stuff like that so you're, you're getting to know a lot of the early church fathers and church history during that time so you get to learn like uh um when polycarp was burned at the at stake in the middle of the stadium um some some interesting um, early church history that you really you don't get introduced to during your church, normal church service and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'd say most most uh, Christians are woefully lacking on their church history knowledge. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think that's due to the pastor and the eldership of the church. And I, you know what I mean. I think that's really uh, they they don't find it engaging, you know, and <laughs> so they're not yeah. incorporating it into their active church life or family worship at home like when they're instructing their kids of like mm -hmm. the reformation um stuff that happened during there what happened before the reformation you know um, um times right. before this you know how has theology progressed throughout the centuries you know and i think that's very important i think that's where we're lacking and i i would really really like to see us get back to that type of looking backwards and seeing where where we failed that way we don't repeat what we have already done you know and i think that's 
that's important. So I, I really enjoy those stories and I'm finding those very interesting. Um, another book that I've been reading is, uh, one of, that I just finished and it was by Andrew Murray and it's called absolute surrender. Um, very, very good book. And the reason I, I say it, I would probably rate this probably a seven out of 10. Um, I'm not a big Andrew Murray fan, to be honest. And I didn't really, I thought it was a good book. It was a good read. Um, kept me engaged, but he re- he's very repetitive throughout his entire book where he's trying to solidify a point, you know, and I just think that he could have wrapped it up a lot earlier than what he did um, throughout his book. And I mean, he's talking about absolute surrender to the Holy Spirit, to God. Um, and he, in some ways he refers to almost sinless perfectionism, which I kind of found, I was like, uh, are you saying this? And this could be the person who ever um, updated it, you know, or whatnot. Well, he wasn't, um, I mean, I, he wasn't reformed. Right. So I don't, I don't know I think much about. He's a little more on the charismatic him. train. And that's, that's where I really got, that's what I was kind of getting from him, you know, as I was reading him. And I was kind of like, mm, yeah, me and you really don't agree. And so... <laughs> As I was going through it. But, I mean, it was a solid book. It was pretty good. Um, if you guys like Andrew Murray, dive into it. I mean, it's not that bad. It's worth eight bucks. Um, you know what? It's, book it's never I, really a bad I, It's never a bad idea to read a book that, that you know you're going to disagree with. Because when you do that, you're you're getting acquainted with the arguments for the side that you disagree with. And it helps you kind of craft your arguments, your counter arguments better. So I'm not yeah, necessarily yeah. opposed that, to reading books that you disagree with, within yeah, orthodoxy, I'm, especially. Exactly, you gotta you gotta read stuff that you're not really into because it kind of gets you. I get burnt out on theology books over and over and over. I and do, over. I, do too. I mean, I feel like I feel like I'm beating a dead horse over yeah. and over and over, and I I almost like as the more and more I read theology, you know. I feel like I become more and more numb to to what the heart desires, you know, like um right it it de- it desires the nourishment of emotion, you know, um the the pull of it. And and the theology can be very wooden in a lot of areas, mm-hmm. you know. Um yeah. it 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 shows you a glimpse of the passion and the 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 beauty of what is going on, but it's basically to encompass an uh, understanding of why this happened, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then your emotions are supposed to kick in, but they really sometimes they don't, and they really don't. And uh, which is which is, I might be the only one with that problem, but you know, for for don't. me too, I'm I'm not a super emotive person either, so yeah, that's a, usually so, a struggle for me too. So I got to like take a break from my theology books because I'll sit and read an entire theology book like uh, Burkhoff. I've read it clear through Mm -hmm. probably three or four times. Um, John Owen's Biblical Theology, I've read it clear through. Um, 
I got the Theistic Evolutionary book, which is a bunch of essays throughout. I've read it clear through. Mm. Um, you got uh, uh, Lee Ham, Lee Lethan. You got Lethan. You got Erickson. You got Michael Bird. Um, the new Volume One Reformed Systematic Theology by Beek and Smalley, I believe. I can't remember who who was his other co-author. But, Speaking um, of Beaky, we right. should, uh, listeners should be praying for Joel Beaky because he, uh, it was just, his wife just tweeted with his account the other day that he is having a really hard time with COVID right now. Man, no kidding. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that is terrible. Now his Dude, wife is, I, doing, is doing better than he is. Ugh, man. I love that guy. That guy is brutal. He has a brilliant mind. And, uh. I really enjoy those guys, but I mean, I just get burnt out real quickly. And so I have to kind of sidestep and go to something else, you know, and that's when I really dive into like, um, this, this book I'm reading by Michael McGarry, it's called a biblical theology of youth ministry, um, teenagers in the life of the church. This book is probably one of the best books on youth ministry I've ever read. And I mean, it just, it is phenomenal. And it's only about 100, 120 pages. Um, real thin book, easy read. But I mean, dude, I keep coming back to it. Keep coming back to it. And I'm looking at my highlights. And, and, and I mean, it, it's a great, it's a great, great book. So I definitely encourage all the young adults or um, youth ministers to dive into that book and really get into it. And my final book, it's by Alan N. Martin, and it's called The Forgotten Fear, Where Have All the God Fears Gone? And Why Have We Forgotten About the Fear of God? And dude, I'm telling you, this is a small book. If, if you have time, pick it up on Amazon. Great book. You will love it. I guarantee it. Um, just phenomenal. Albert N. Martin. So check it out. That'll be great. And uh I think that's it. So nice. I have one I have one question in the remaining couple minutes. What is your yeah, non theological book or genre or whatever that you go to when you are burnt out on theology? Non theological book that I go to. Um hmm. do you like you go know? and pick up a novel or do you go read a newspaper or uh no, or is so, it all theology I, all the time? Now, so what? So my books that I go and read. So you're gonna laugh, um, but so the books that I go to read are kind of like they're uh, they're they're biblical based, but they're not. <laughs> they're not. So I'll read like <laughs> uh, the Book of Enoch. You know, I'll go to that. I'll oh read pseudo apographa. Um, um, I'll read Demons and Spirits, you know, uh, the names and the lost books of the Bible, you know, the Anunnaki, wow. Anunnaki connections, you know, like that, and Egyptian mythology, Greek mythology. I'll dive into those because I find those books wow. fascinating. And so those are like, that's like my sidestep books I go to read. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you, yeah, that sounds uh, way better than mine because mine is usually either Batman Doom. graphic novels, <laughs> Dune, 
yeah, it, either Dune or something by Tolkien. Uh, so like this summer in a dry spell, I reread the Silmarillion again. Um, gosh, oh, that Lord. book is so good. Um, it's so important uh, to understanding the rest of Tolkien, but um, and and I really uh, I've really gotten back into my uh, Batman graphic novels. Oh man, those are those have are a breeze the, compared to the Bible. Have you seen uh, the new Ninja Turtles comic coming out? No, it's a uh, it's called The Last Ronin, and one turtle Ooh. is the only one alive. The rest are dead, and he picks up <sighs> all their like all the other turtles' weapons. And he is going to kill the main guy, and that's going to be the end of the series. Oh, that would be amazing! It's oh, on I'll Amazon, so you can subscribe. All you have to do is look up. It's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle: Last Ronin, and the cover looks sweet. I don't know if they've released it all yet, but yeah, and they they haven't revealed which turtle it is. So definitely check into mm. that. That's it. Looks yeah. really cool, you know. Um, Boom! Cool. I do want to mention. I, I want to mention one thing. Uh, people need to get on the podcatcher of their choice and check out uh, Ligonier's new upcoming podcast, Luther in Real Time. Uh, it's a fully dramatized and scripted podcast. It drops on October 10th, and it's all about the. To my knowledge, it's all about the run up to uh, um, Reformation Day. Oh, right uh, so on. like they've got voice actors and everything telling you the story. It's happening right before your ears. It uh sounds incredible. There's a trailer out there, so people should go out what? and uh subscribe to that. Luther in real time. Luther colon in real time by Ligonier. That'd be cool. It's amazing. Yep. Well yep. so that sounds really cool. All right. Well, we are guys with Bibles and we're out. <laughs>